Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join Panhandle's favorite Air Force veteran, Veronica, as she fights for conservative values in America. Call Veronica live now at 233-9988. Welcome back to Veronica Live. And uh, sorry about that little technical issue in here. But I am here with Commissioner Doug Moore. We're going to start that again. And um, you are District 4 is your zone and tell us where what that covers for your area uh district four the easiest way to think about it is as you cross the county line 231 77 or 79 that is my district uh i've fountain youngstown down to bear creek go over towards the west go all the north side of the bays uh you get to 79 southport um, sand hills uh lake merrill uh white western and then Go to 79, come down, you go across the bridge and the west end of the beach, all the way down 79, everything to the far west end down towards Carillon. And how long have you been a commissioner now? Uh, working in third year now. Okay, great. And what, and let, for those that don't know you, like uh, John and I, w- tell us about your background. Uh, I, I am an attorney. I used to work in banking. I got out of that about six years ago, started my own business, my own law firm. Uh, I work with business owners and uh, just help them with financing issues, cash flow, as well as just general corporate matters, and then do other miscellaneous legal work. And then uh, with being involved in the chamber and the hurricane and everything, started working as a liaison with the county and with all the municipalities during the recovery from Hurricane Michael, and that's how I ended up in the seat that I'm in now. And I, I know you love it. It's a lot of fun. It's it's been uh, there's been a lot of challenges to it, and that's you know part of it was what we were talking about infrastructure and just kind of diving into that and what's being done is looking at what can we do, where are we coming from, how can we begin to cast a vision and look forward and, and manage growth is growth. We, we fortunately live in a community that is very much, you know, pro-property rights. And if you own the property, you should have the right to do what you want. And so inside of that, how can we as the commission, as the government work to protect the benefits and rights of all the parties and and make sure we do growth in a way that we are responsible with what we're doing. And and since the hurricane, aren't we better now at planning? Because we we really, I think we're putting more thought into it with the rebuild and... Well, from the county standpoint, I'll say we already had a lot during what was called Blue Skies. When Blue Skies were happening, we had a lot of things already put in place. So when the storm happened, we could actually flip the switch and jump into that and be able to move forward with those people. I'm sorry, move forward with those contracts and be able to just start working the plans that had been put into place. So I, I feel we've recovered very well from that. We were fiscally in a position that... We needed to borrow, and and I don't know how many people realize this, but we had to borrow $500 million to be able to cover the debris removal, just the debris removal. 
And so we've been able to pay that down. We've got one last little bit outstanding, but that's because we're still waiting on FEMA reimbursements. But from that, we've been able to, with with borrowing that and with everything we've done, we've still not raised property taxes. So I think that shows that we've been good stewards of the resources that the community has given to us. And, and the area that in your district, the, the amount of growth going on, I mean, from you've you got the industrial district with the new FedEx facility out there. And, and I guess with the, with the old incinerator being all, all torn down to be recycled. And then on the other end, you've got all the latitudes, the hospital going in. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of growth in, in your area. It is a phenomenal amount of growth. We, during the COVID lockdown, Florida in general was obviously found, but we were really found. There have been a lot of people moving here. And as we go forward, we're going to have a lot more growth coming. I would not be surprised at the next census if we're going to be over 200,000 people in this in this county. And, you know, it, it is... It is phenomenal what's happening. It, it's bringing in, we're bringing in industry, we're bringing in jobs. I can't say enough about what Becca Harden and the EDA have done to go after certain companies that fit the culture and the community. Uh, I don't want to call out every one of them because I'll miss somebody, but you know, the, just the business partners that have come in that I've had the opportunity to meet and talk to and the way they've invested, the way they've gotten involved with our schools with Haney. I'm on the board of Haney Foundation and just what they're doing, who they're hiring and what they're doing. They're giving a lot of opportunities to our younger citizens. And it's, a, it's, it's great to be a part of that. And yeah, we had, we had Parker, uh, McCollin here last, last week from the airport director. And he was talking about, you know, like, like the, the, uh, the aviation maintenance school moving out there. They're going to, to build that, you know, again, in partnership with the, with the Bay, Bay school district. You know, and, and that's the kind of thing that attracts employers for doing maintenance and, and repair and overhaul operations. You know, they want to see that you've got talent it, and a way to train people. It is. And right now we might lose a couple of those young people, but the fact that we're giving them an opportunity to be able to learn a living, but also inside of that, when these different companies are coming into the community now, they're seeing that we've got this training in place and we're building up a pipeline of people to be able to do this. And it's just a phenomenal opportunity all the way around. So in playing a longer game and looking at it by training these people and being able to come in and, you know, um, I'm friends with Kyle Schutz, who's the current chair of the Bay County Chamber of Commerce. And he mentioned, you know, CTE being a big, important factor for his industry, for, for what he does. And from looking at that, you know, just understanding that if we can get some people some really good paying jobs, fairly quickly. I mean, it's just, it's a phenomenal opportunity all the way around. It helps our economy grow. It meets needs that we have from construction and everything else. And so I I just can't speak enough about how excited I am of the opportunities we have coming before us. And um, uh, there's so much growth because even like on Harrison Avenue, you've got that streetscapes coming in. So what are, what are some of the other projects that you're working on, Commissioner Moore? Well, I, one of the things I wanted to do is kind of share kind of where we were because I, I get a lot of questions about, well, why is it taking so long to get this done? And we passed the infrastructure surtax a few years back. And when that was passed, I, I went and I asked staff and I looked at it. And on rough average, you're looking at prior to the surtax being passed on the county side, can't speak to any of the municipalities, but on the county side, we were spending about four and a half to five million dollars a year on infrastructure. And you think of what infrastructure is. It's roads, it is, you know, it is 
septic sewer that i mean it's putting everything stormwater you're handling all of these things think about a county our size and think about the fact that it was about four to five million yearly was being spent you're you're not getting ahead to a degree you might be falling behind but after we've passed the community the citizens passed this surtax what we've looked at is again just on the county side we have received on average 12 to 13 million dollars a year from that and we've been able to get in front of or started not i shouldn't say get in front of we have been able to catch up on different items where we had issues that were in desperate need of repair um things like the fdep's notice of violations we had on certain dirt roads and certain certain paved roads and different things where we were we were having runoff into waterways and we were we had a notice of violation from dep that we needed to do this we were under consent order we've been able to address a lot of things that weren't able to get addressed the hurricane hit us and so now we're having to deal with working on that as well and everything that has to be done so but but inside of that we've jumped to where we're able to put on roads 12 to 13 million plus the county commission lowered the millage rate when the surtax was passed so we dropped taxes from the millage rate we've been able to secure this additional with i would say from my calculations maybe 40 to 45 percent of that surtax is paid by the tourists who come into our community and are using our infrastructure and then on top of that our county staff has done a phenomenal job of going out and leveraging what we've generated to get us additional money through state and federal grants to the average of about $5 million a year over the last five years that we have audited financials of what's been done here. So it's allowed us to kind of play catch up on a lot of things. We've had the hurricane that's caused a couple of issues and slowed us up some, but now we're getting back in in motion again and we've let out about 30 miles worth of resurfacing projects through fema and different things and these surtax funds have allowed us to meet the federal matches that are required and so it's allowed us to really be able to be very flexible and adaptive in what we need to do to be able to recover from the hurricane i want to address that number you said 500 million yes i didn't did you realize john it was that 500 million on for the removal and so does that mean the government like you're waiting for fema to give you money you had to take a loan why doesn't the government cover all of that when you've been in harm's way of a cat five hurricane it's not the way they're set up they come in and it takes several years and you've also you have got to all right y'all were talking about it when i first got here about how government does what government does but you've got to have your stuff in triplicate to be able to show that this is actually what was done and where everything is and so it just takes time to be able to do that but you know again we we have our our team has done a great job of working with the federal government and and understand i'm not knocking fema inside of it they're operating under the parameters and the structures that are put into place and we have built a very good working relationship with them and we've worked through all these processes and we're getting our reimbursements and uh, again it just it takes time it's not something where you can flip a switch because you have to prove you're being a good steward of the money i think i think it's a case typically where you know people think well fema's going to come in and pay for everything it's like well look you know you have the storm the people that come in and pick up the debris expect to be paid like now right you know and somebody has to pay them and that ends up being the county government and you have to borrow that money in order to pay them we have to front it and and we were able to work again fema and 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 others worked with us because of the size and the scale of what we had i mean 
I, I, I had seen it before, but I forget what it is now. But th- there was a metric that showed, I mean, there has never been a debris field removal and cleanup that is beyond what we had here in Bay County. Forget every, just Bay County. We were heads and shoulders on a debris removal above any other storm that has ever happened. I mean, it's just on a massive scale. And so it, it is, again, it is one of those things where I, I can't say enough about what our staff has done, where we've come from, where we're going. I mean, again, the day I was sitting in the emergency operations center, the day after the storm hit, and a EM chief from another area of the country that had been hit by a hurricane, not quite to this size, but close, had said, you are a minimum five years before you will be where you were the day before the storm hit. Minimum five years. And that's, that, we're just past, you know, we're, we're five years. Yeah. We're, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary. And we have made a lot of headway and we've got a lot of good things coming. We've had a lot of the old housing and different things. Unfortunately, a lot of it got hit. It was older housing and it was pre-hurricane standard housing, but everything we've got coming back is there. And that actually leads to the other part of the housing issue of really working on that is we received from the state through what's called HHRP or the Hurricane Housing Recovery Program, the county received just under $37 million. Um, we took over management of that about two years ago, and we to date have expended almost 90% of that, $33 million. We have helped 230 families into new homes through purchase assistance, and we have 40 others that are now looking. Wow, that's a lot. Well, we're in here with Commissioner Doug Moore. He's a Bay County District 4 Commissioner. We're learning all about the infrastructure uh, we've got so much to talk about in here, and um, I know we're going to talk housing as well. And and I'm in here for Statesman John too. So I can't believe five years in October for this hurricane. That seems like yesterday, <laughs> doesn't it? The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> we'll be right back. Veronica Live on News Talk 101. Welcome back to Veronica Live, and we're here with Commissioner Doug Moore, and so much to talk about. And I know housing was one of the big issues that you wanted to talk about because we need more housing, especially for folks that aren't making, you know, tons of money. Yes, ma'am. Workforce housing is very important as well as affordable, and everybody has different ideas and different things pops in when you hear those things, but. Essentially, you know, home ownership is the best path to be able to create prosperity and to create a solid, stable community. And so how do we go about doing that? And again, with the hurricane happening, we worked very hard to figure out, okay, what are the demographics that we're going after? What are the dollar amounts that make sense for down purchase? What is right now truly an affordable home? What is being built? And Unfortunately, with the cost of construction, you know, people say, well, you need to build a house for 250 Well, 
everybody also doesn't want government picking the winners and losers in this community. And so it gets pretty challenging of how do you go about creating this? And so, you know, there have been a small group of citizens that have taken it upon themselves and I'm working with them and we're just trying to find different ways and different solutions to be able to, you know, what can we create to be able to meet the needs of workforce housing, being able to bring in both um, single family um, mixed use development, and but trying to create something or to create an environment where developers and builders and others can come in and we can get some housing stock that will meet the needs of this community um, across a lot of different levels. So were the old work, there was the old um, housing for low income before that was destroyed on 98. Now that's all popping up. Is that going to be the same sec- same kind of housing right there? Um, when you say 98, where? 98, when you turn um, towards going towards Tyndall off of MLK, there there's like some housing okay, that used yes, to be there that, before. That, yes, that that is Panama City Housing Authority, and those are going back up. There are some other types of, of building that's going on that's going to address what's called, I, I refer to it kind of in the metrics of what the Florida Housing Finance Corporation and Florida Housing Coalition call it, which is, you know, very low income or low income. And very low income is somebody making 30% of the AMI in our community. And our AMI now is around 80000 okay. So our AMI is average median income. So if you think about these people make about 30% of what our average median income is, and then you've got low income is about 80% of what that is. But, you know, a lot of folks and where the Hurricane Housing Recovery Program was very good is we had a lot of folks that, you know, <coughs> excuse me, before Governor DeSantis started working on teacher salaries and, and the, you know, he helped with this beginning teacher salaries. But we had um, an applicant application from two teachers and they were a little bit above the average median income. But by this structure and what's in place that type of couple who, you know, they, they teach our kids, they're, they're involved in the community. They've been here for a while that both of them had been teachers for 10 plus years. Well, they needed help with buying a house under HHRP program. We were able to assist them with being able to do that. It's anecdotal, but I mean, we've got, we've, we've made offers to teachers, new teachers to bring them in, but we don't have places for them to live that they can afford. So we've got to work at continuing to address it. And if it was a simple solution, it would already be solved. So unfortunately it's just, it's complex. We're having to work and trying to figure out different things. Um, be going over to Tallahassee to see what can be done. Uh, Senator Pasadomo has put forward a bill to address workforce housing and to put more money to it, trying to figure out are there any ways that we can be able to go after that and be able to find it and bring some more here to be able to help us with, you know, however we can of putting the money to use to be able to create more affordable housing stock. Do you think the housing mix is the right one? I know it's like on the beach, there are just so many apartment complexes under construction. I'm like, who's going to live in all these apartments, you know? And and that, well, and that's the, that is the part that gets very entertaining very fast because some of those are inside the city limits of Panama City Beach. And so we can't do anything with, I mean, with that. But you, where does it come in from from our standpoint as the government? Because our community really does like, you know, we want small government. That's what our community is about. They don't want our fingers in everything. So 
do we start telling people you can't do that with your private property? And and then the state has also passed something called the Burt Harris Act that if the property's properly zoned, we really can't tell them what to do or then we get sued. So it, it, again, it creates some interesting mixes, but to your point, that's what I'm trying to find is where can we find some stuff for mixed-use development because there will be some multifamily apartments, but there's also townhouses. And I know some people don't like townhouses, but it's a good place to get your start, well, but also right, single-family. for family. affordability, that's definitely it. You know, not everybody can afford to live in latitudes, you know. That's <laughs> Correct, you know, and not everybody can or afford. Or water sound, you know. And Well, and, and there's some I, – uh, We I live in Southport, and, you know, there's some development going on in Southport, and the housing that's being – listed this new construction is going for four hundred thousand dollars to low threes i mean you know okay so that's southport now i mean where where are the two hundred thousand would anybody have thought that was the case (laughs) yeah where's the two hundred thousand dollar houses that that most people can afford you know and and that's that's they don't really exist until we try and that's why i'm trying to find a public private partnership what can we do that would incent a developer to want to take that risk and be able it's all about them getting their return. But again, with what our community is and how they don't want government picking the winners and losers, how do we go about doing that? But, well, what I don't want to see is another collapse, you know, like we had with the with the condo building. And people forget about that. You know, one time the condos were so overbuilt on the beach that, you know, the, it just collapsed the market. Well, basically. we're in here with Commissioner Doug Moore and Statesman John Salick, and we're going to talk housing after the news break here. There's so much to discuss, and uh, we'll be right back after... The news. Patriot Veronica loves God, guns. America and talking to you. Call Veronica live now at 233-9988. Welcome back to Veronica Live and we're talking with Commissioner Doug Moore from Bay County District 4 and he's a Southport neighbor of mine cuz you know Southport it's 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 happening commissioner. It but we've been talking about housing because it is hard. There's a lot of people that you know, have jobs that, that don't maybe pay $15 an hour and, and we want them to, we need them to, to be our servers and work in these hotels that are the, the IBIS that's coming along. And so how do we get there to help these people? Well, I, the, the state has got programs in place, again, through Florida Housing Finance. Um, they've got a program that's called SALE. Um, and it's related to multifamily, what you were asking about, and developing those types of multifamily projects that would have enough units inside that are dedicated and set aside for these type of people. But as I was just telling y'all offline, you know, you, you, you have to be so close to a bus stop you have to, or public transportation. You have to be so close to doctor's offices in the hospital. There, there is a certain metric and a scorecard okay. that you have to check. And you, you, so let's say you score well enough. Well, then all of a sudden you've scored well enough. Congratulations. Now you get to sit at the table and you go to an award ceremony, basically, where there is a random draw and everybody has a certain number. And then by the luck of the draw, you may win the ability to do your project. But 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You may get sued by one of the developers that did not win and say, no, that was a faulty award and we need to do it. And then delays everything by three to five years, typically. Hurting, hurting the people. It, it, it does. Uh, so, you know, it, it is trying to work through those things and trying to find ways that we can create that we're not dependent upon either state or federal money, which comes with a lot of strings and a lot of these hiccups. And and how do you go about doing that? And and it's just trying to find those avenues and trying to find people that, you know, we can work together with, whether it be a nonprofit developer or whatever. And we're just trying to find what those options are and those avenues are. And it's just, it's not easy. It takes time and it takes a lot of effort. Yeah, that's why I wanted to know if there was incentives to entice these people. Well, you know, it's, it's a frustrating thing about dealing with government. And, and it's funny, like after the hurricane, the, the, the last one down in, what is Braden? Ian, the area. Yeah, Hurricane Ian. And, 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 you know, when government wants to move fast, it can move incredibly fast. You know, it's like, like repairing the, the bridges yeah, that got, that. got collapsed and stuff. So you know, the state, in a week they had, they had a contract out to do it and the people were working on it and they, and they got it done in a few days, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to taking years that it typically takes to go through all the permitting and all this kind of stuff. So when government wants to move quickly, it can, but the normal process is just massive bureaucracy of everybody, I guess, protecting their job, their turf, whatever, but it, I, it, it just I, seems to build over time, you know? Well, it's a combination of protecting turf and people want transparency. So in creating transparency, you have to create these processes that opens it up for everybody to be able to see. And it, it does get very slow. And then, you know, I've, I've, I've made a joke on many times and, and I, the joke to me is as much the fact that I can't find the origin of this story. So it kind of, the, the story itself is proof of this, but I have always loved that joke about the experiment with the five monkeys that were put in a cage with a banana hanging down and a ladder to go up to the banana. And every time one of the monkeys went to try to go up and get the banana, they got hit with a water hose, you know, a high power water hose. So each of the original five monkeys learned we don't go get the banana. And then they move out one of the originals and they put in another one. And, you know, that new one sees the banana and they go to get it. And the other four monkeys start beating on them. No, don't go get that. And they slowly rotate everybody out. And then, you know, you get the last one in, you got four monkeys in there and the newest monkey goes to get it. And the other four monkeys beat the crap out of them. They they don't know why they're doing it. They just, it was done to them. And unfortunately, that's where we get a lot of times with government is. That is government. Yeah. And it it can get very frustrating. And and one of of the things that I cannot abide is to be told that's the way we've always done it. I don't care. 
right? <laughs> Let's look at, and, and does it might have made sense then, but does it still make sense now? Let's challenge ourselves. Let's look at it, and let's do what's best for the community. Yeah, that, that's all. That's always the, the best one. We've always done it that way. Is is alarm bell for me saying, "All right, <laughs> stop that. We're gonna we're gonna go start over." You know. Well, and and we need to constantly be willing to assess: Is this still the right way to do things? Is there a better way to do this that can get it done either more economically? or more thoroughly, or can we can we do something and expedite the process and change what we're doing because we do have more technology. We have other avenues to be able to do stuff. And what can we do in a way to be creative to help the community? And, you know, uh, I will give Bob Micah, our county manager, a lot of credit. Bob really looks at ways to be able to do that and empowers the staff to come up with solutions or options to be able to address things. And I, I will say, you know, do you always get it right? No. But I would rather somebody try and look at ways to be able to improve processes than to always sit back. I mean, I, I have told many a person that worked for me, I say, if you come up to a solution, you come up to an issue and you can't solve it and you have a good foundation for deciding why you're going to do what you do and it ends up being wrong, all right, there might be some consequences. I said, but I would much rather you be trying to figure out how to do the solution and take care of the customer, whoever it is, than just sitting back and just going, not my problem. Yep, saying no is easy, right? Uh, saying saying yes. no is lazy, typically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Elon Musk, he's always challenging his workers to come up with, if they're not trying, he's like, I don't want you on my team. Right. Um, so what, what are some of the other issues? I, I know stormwater is always huge in infrastructure with roads. And uh, are there things that some of the citizens are coming to you more often about now, Commissioner Moore? Well, uh, it it. It's various and sundry, and it's it's the usual suspects. I hate to say it that way. <laughs> Potholes. But, well, roads, potholes. Yeah. Yeah. Roads and potholes, and, and we're working to address them. The unfortunate thing is you never get there quick enough for, for what most people want to do. When Before I got elected, I was working with county staff, and they had come up with a real unique way of looking at um, – trying to expedite getting a lot of our dirt roads paved based on Hurricane Michael and what had happened. And at the time, they had put forward to the federal government as part of this, they had put forward and they met every single criteria that was put out in this process of getting this done for recovery, for hurricane recovery for us. And we had, I think it was 62.9 miles of dirt roads that qualified for this program. Well, to go to what we had talked about, ultimately it got whittled down to now we're only about 12 miles worth of roads, and it's roads that are one way in and one way out. There are no other avenues, but that's the type of stuff that our staff did, and we were at this point, but, but because... It would have set a precedence. It would have, it would have for other communities, they could have seen what we did. And, and so therefore, no, we can't, it's not going to go that way. But for people that are one way in, one way out roads, that there's no other way for them to get to a highway to exit. That's what we've gotten done. So, I mean, again, people don't see it, but that was a tremendous lift by our staff to be able to come up with a creative solution to help our community. And while it got whittled down to only 12 miles worth of roads, the work they did still got us 12 miles of roads that are 
the citizens that live on those roads are going to be thankful because, again, they're one way in, one way out. That's their only way of evacuation. And on those dirt roads, they were not up to grade. They were not at the level they needed to be. And so they're going to get improved and paved. And so I'll take that as a win, and I'm very thankful for it. But, you know, it's still all those other roads that we were looking at, they're still going, well, I, I still won't. And that's where, again, what I raise on the surtax, we're able to start addressing that. We're going forward. We're getting these things done. And we should be able to continue to lean into this to be able to help. I mean, you know, one thing, uh, it, it just, that actually, it's more than one thing. There's just so many different avenues and angles and things that you've got to consider as you're trying to pursue these. So, so there, there used to I don't know if it still exists, but it used to be participating paving. Is that is that still around? It is still around, um, and for that, um, all the folks that live on that road, you'd have to have over 60% of them vote to agree to it, and then there would be what's called an MSBU, Municipal Service Benefit Unit, that would be put out there over a number of years, but your road can get paved under that, but there's a lot of people that just, they don't want, they don't want to, they don't want to step up to do that to go ahead and get the road paved. Okay. Well, we're we're in here with uh, Commissioner Doug Moore from Bay County, and, and it sounds I, like it's raining really hard outside. <laughs> uh, but but you said that right now there's only 12 miles left that need to be paved. Oh they, no no that that is we were originally looking at getting 62.9 awarded okay. to be paved. Got it. And it slowly got whittled down to they're only awarding for roads that were one way in, one way out. Oh. 12 miles. Okay, okay. I've got clarity now. But we're in here with uh, Commissioner Doug Moore and Statesman John Salick. And, and I want to, you know, I'm, I know there's more issues. I want to talk about when your next commission meeting is because I know the public's always invited to come and watch you all in action. And then um, talk about if you miss uh, uh, Representative Griff Griffiths. <laughs> so now because he's, you know, representing us in Tallahassee. So we'll be right back here with Commissioner Doug Moore. I don't know about you, but I feel good. It's time to start your day with Patriot and Air Force veteran Veronica with a shot of conservatism. Call Veronica live now at 233-9988. Welcome back to Veronica Live, and we're in here with Commissioner Doug Moore, who's District 4 Bay County, my neighbor in Southport. So I wanted to ask you, because, you know, uh, Representative Griff Griffiths, we adore. He's a regular in here all the time. Are you missing him? And how's that liaison relationship now that we have somebody in the gov you know working for the governor and we know that uh governor de santa claus likes to give bay county money <laughs> so commissioner how's that working out uh it's working well griff was over there for the special session this week and and he's got his committee meetings and different things i've still been able to keep in touch with him fairly regularly not as frequently as before but um you know he and uh senator trumbull are both doing uh working and laying the groundwork for us for this upcoming legislative session. Uh, we will actually be going over there uh, for probably middle of March for some meetings and just being able to put forward some of the stuff that we're going to be preparing to pursue and hopefully, you know, can work on. Again, my priorities are going to be I'm going over there to talk with folks about housing and waterways and some other things along that that's what i'm focused on right now uh but uh you know it's uh it's been 
It's been interesting um, as this has been with two special sessions now in place and, you know, working with the, with our state delegation just to be able to take care of the citizens of Bay County. And I, I mean, our, if we have another hurricane, which we don't ever want to have again, I think we're, aren't we in a much better place than from even four-ish, almost five years ago? I mean, we definitely know how to handle all of this now. We are. After the storm happened, we actually went through a debriefing and looked at what went right, what went wrong, what can we do better. Um, our county manager, Bob Micah, went over to a select Senate committee a couple of weeks back and presented them with, these are things that we saw. These are issues for y'all to be able to address. These are typical items that, you know, y'all don't think of, but as your boots on the ground, you know, I told y'all, you know, we were not a fiscally constrained county before the storm hit, but then immediately after the storm, we had to go get $500 million um, in one loan. Uh, Actually, we did it in two tranches, 250, 250, but still, uh, you know, that is still larger than our annual budget. And so it's those types of things that uh, the county manager went and spoke to the Senate about, that committee, the select committee, of just explaining to them these are items that y'all are going to have to be able to these are things that y'all could do to help local communities better respond, be able to quickly respond to what's going on and not just have to have, you know, the governor declare a state of emergency that exempts a couple of things that we can make it more of a methodical and a better process of being able to take care of the communities. And I know like Sheriff Ford has gone down, he sent people down to Ian. Have, has Bay County worked with uh, the county that was hit by Hurricane Ian? Yes, our um, several of our uh, EM team was down there. Um, I know that Griff had gone down there um, by himself, and then um, uh, Robert Carroll and I both went down there just to meet with their commission and talk with their commissioners about, you know, the, these are things that we experience. This is where, and then also with their staff, these are different things that you need to pay attention to. This is, you know, address these things. Look at it from this standpoint. How do you, how do you document to make sure that as you transition from different case managers at the state and the federal level, that your story and the, and what has been discussed, there's a continuity of a trail between those things to be able to make sure that your recovery process stays on the same path well that's so important so when we were hit by michael did somebody come and do that for for us well at that time i don't know because i was a liaison inside the eoc and i was helping manage about 800 people that were moving through that building so i was working 15 16 hour days just processing and moving the incident command teams around to the different places that they needed to be so when you went down to the to help those hurricane ian commissioners and stuff were they in a state of shock or they had a better handle of how to move forward with something like this? Well, I think, I think anybody that gets hit by a large storm and Ian, while not as large as us, it was a a flood event for those like Mm -hmm. Sanibel Island, Pine Island, and a couple of others. And you get hit hard. I, 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 I got to admit, you're you're going to be a little bit popped no matter what. I mean, it just it happens. Um, they were asking, I believe they were asking the right questions. They were trying to understand what can we do, what do we focus on from the potential revenue hole with all the damage to the buildings, and that hit right about the time that property tax notices were going out. And so, what if we have problems collecting on our property taxes? What if people don't want to pay? You know, how do how do we do those things? And and 
And each one of us had our respective experiences and expertise from Michael that we shared with those of what, what you needed to do. I actually spent more time with staff talking with them inside the EOC and um, county management staff uh, just from the standpoint of working on, you know, your recovery, your processes and your metrics to be able to address those things. So interesting. So we, you know, one of one of the things that when you get do projects, there's usually a local participation requirement. You know, like a like a dredging project, say say like East Bay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where there's a local participation. Have, have we seen? Have we been limited in what in what the county's been able to do because of the debt that the hurricane uh, incurred on the county? That we, it's kind of like hindered a lot of this local participation. Money is is just not there because we're repaying the debt. Uh, no, really, um, we have been able to manage. Um, we are our borrowing cost. Um, I, one of those things of we were able, we were able to lock in that last um, amount of outstanding balance of that loan before interest rates rose. And by our lock, I talked with the um, our finance director the other day. And I think by what we were able to lock, we actually saved the county almost $1.2 million in interest carry by locking in when we did. Uh, and so we've been able to put things in a place that it's not affected our ability to operate ongoing. Um, again, the slowness of what some people might see in a response is you can't repair a lot of things until you've got the sign off from FEMA and the project is actually properly permitted through their process and everything is done because I'll give you an illustration. As I said, I'm on the board of the Haney foundation. Haney repaired one wall inside that wall got removed from the process and the project of, of repair when they came through to look at recovery from, because it was that building was hit hard by the hurricane. That whole wall that was repaired was excluded from the project because they repaired it. So they can't say, well, it was damaged or to what degree it was damaged. So you've got to be careful what steps you do. So in that essence, it slowed us down some, but we're starting to come out on the other side of that. And we've been letting a lot of infrastructure projects and other things, hardening and improvements based on that. And that's where the, again, to remind everybody what that gentleman said to me the day after the hurricane, it's a minimum five years before you were where you were before this hit. That's part of it is just having to go through those processes to make sure that everything's vetted and it's done correctly. We, so we have I, a, I think five years is optimistic. For I know. I just want a civic center. I need entertainment. So, uh, but we've got a few minutes left in, in the hour here, Commissioner. What has kept you going? Because you're very accessible. You know, you're super friendly. I know you want to, you're always working hard for Bay County. What, what keeps you so motivated? Uh, to, it was the way I was raised. Uh, I, I, a lot of my friends make fun of me for it, but it, whenever I first met with a client or I talked to anybody, I was raised on a farm in South Georgia, and I was raised on two very simple things. Tend to your business and be a man of your word. You know, I watched my grandfather um, work. Uh, our local hospital where I grew up was in financial trouble, and my grandfather took over management of the hospital and didn't didn't take any money from it, but he took over and he got it corrected, he got it straightened out, and got it back to profitability without ever taking a dime from it because it was the right thing to do because the community needed a hospital. Hmm. You know, my, my father um, was asked by several, and he actually ended up running for chair of the county commission in the little county I grew up in. Now, it's nothing compared to what's here. The entire population's only about 2,600 people but you know 
you, my grandfather always said, if you see something that needs to be done and you know you can be part of the solution, be part of the solution. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, this has been a, a great time in here with Commissioner Moore. Is there any final thoughts? Uh, I just appreciate the time, the opportunity to come share some of what's going on in the county. And thank you very much. And I, I did want to ask you, because I know the staff, I wanted you to talk real quickly about the staff. Um, tell us how hard they work at, you know, making sure everything gets done. And they've all been sprinting <laughs> since the hurricane. The, the staff has been sprinting during the spring. And the county, just like a lot of other employers, is having trouble filling positions. So we have a lot of folks that are going above and beyond the call of duty. And they are burning the candle at both ends. And you just can't say enough about their professionalism and what they do in the face of that just to be able to try to address things and just working through those items and 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 just taking care of this community i'm very proud of our team that works for the county they do they do yeoman's work and they don't get enough pats on the back so thank you for reminding me to say that and so we got, got spring break coming up here. Any anything uh, <laughs> to look forward there? Now well, that we're out of COVID and back into full crazy. Well, I, I don't. Well, full crazy. It, it it will be interesting. I know the sheriff and each of the police chiefs have been in constant communication and contact. They are doing what they can. As as Chief Tal said out at the beach, all those things that pop up, you don't know which ones are going to be legit and which ones are just going to be. But, you know, again, I can't say enough about our law enforcement, and I am very thankful that we live in a community that backs our law enforcement. Um, and that, you know, again, I can't say enough good things about Sheriff Ford and his team. I, I deal more with them than I do with the city police departments, but... You know, uh, Sheriff Ford and his team have done a great job of putting things into place to be able to try to proactively take care and protect our citizens. And well, I want to thank uh, Commissioner Doug Moore. Who are you choosing for the Super Bowl tomorrow? Last last call out here. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, um, I, I, my mom is from just outside of Philly. Okay. So I guess I'll go with the Eagles. But um, I've got family from Kansas City too. So I don't all right, know. <laughs> all right. Well, we thank uh, Commissioner Doug Moore from Bay County joining us this morning. We'll be right back.